Blog Talk Radio. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to this hot Sunday afternoon in Raleigh, North Carolina. Welcome to Vit Friends Blog Talk Radio Show, Living Life and Love. This is our 10th year hosting the Blog Talk Show. We are so excited about every episode we have. Please check out more of our episodes on blogtalkradio.com. We are a national vitiligo support community. For more information about vitiligo and ways you can support our community, visit us at www.vitfriends.org. That is www.vitfriends.org. For questions or comments, email us at support at vitfriends.org. I'm your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. I'm one of the leaders for the North Carolina Vitiligo Support Group here. This series is designed to give our brothers and sisters living with vitiligo a platform to share their stories about their lives and how vitiligo has made an impact on their lives and also to share their experiences with dating, relationships, and love, and just to have that real talk. Today's show, I have Mr. ATM himself, Terrell Midget from Raleigh, North Carolina. Welcome, Terrell. Mark, can you hear me? Can you hear me, Terrell? Yes, I can hear you now. Yeah. There's always some difficulties yeah. when yeah. You, you're dealing with live shows. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. Can't complain. Good, good, good. Awesome. So I'd like to welcome you to our show. And um, today I just kind of want us to talk um, a little bit about vitiligo, you know, share some of your experiences, um, talk about some of the projects that you have going on uh, within the vitiligo community and just, you know, just really have some open dialogue. Now, I, I do want to say that we kind of indirectly, we know each other from um, high school and as well as college. Um, I knew of you in high school, but I didn't know you well. So you were the first person that I've ever known um, or seen with vitiligo. So, can you tell a little bit about, like, your high school year? Um, and maybe even go back as far as, you know, when your vitiligo started and just share with our listeners uh, about your journey. Yeah, well, my, my vitiligo started when I was probably about fifth grade. And um, I noticed it first on my hands. Um, and it kind of spread it over into my face when I was in uh, around the sixth grade time. Um, when it got on my face, I was, you know, very self-conscious about the way I looked. Um, didn't know what was going on with me. And, um, my mother discovered, um, a cover called Dermablend. Um, so we tried that out, um, in my sixth grade. Um, with, with Dermablend, it, it covered, it covered the lost pigment and it's right in the corners of my eyes. So, People really couldn't tell that I was wearing makeup on my face. They could only just look at my hands and see that I had um, hands and knees that um, I lost my pigment. Um, probably during the duration of middle and high school, it progressed more where the dots became circles around my eyes. I still kept it. Um, I tried um, Poover, which is a light box uh, treatment, to... Um, to restore my pigment, um, it was an experimental um, time that I was just trying to bring it back. 
and I did Cooper maybe for about two years. Um, the light box treatment um, did restore temporarily restore my pigment, but um, the side effects of it, um, I missed out a lot of times of playing basketball. Love playing basketball at the boys' club and hanging out with friends. So you're looking at a four day of school and coming home in the afternoon and um, having to take a pill and um, wear some big sunglasses for 24 hours, 24 to 48 hours after after I take my light box treatment. Um, the side effects was, um, like I said, one was my time. I couldn't get that back. Um, two was it was just I was getting burned real bad. Um, my lips was um, blistering. My feet were blistering where I couldn't even put on socks. So it just got to the point where that um, I had to weigh my options. Um, was I doing approval for me or was I doing approval for everybody else? And I chose me. Um, I, I wanted my personal time back. Um, and um, so i just been enduring ever since, um, you know, losing pigment without any, any other treatment. Going into let's let's transition to more of your college years because I know um, if we have some listeners from Shaw University, that's when you both graduated. They know you mm-hmm. from two different versions of Terrell, you know. Um, right. And how has that changed or affected the way you know you you I guess go about socially and, and also business wise and interacting with people. Well, you know, um, with Shaw. I guess my first the apprehension of transition from high school to 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 college. Um, when I graduated from high school, really wasn't for sure where I wanted to go or what I was going to do. We have a family owning business, and so I figured that was my transition after high school. Um, so when we started talking about you know, possibility of going to college. Um, I guess I was afraid to expand out to around other people that wasn't that didn't know me, like like my college and like my high school and and middle school days, or just being around people in Raleigh. Um, even though I went to school in Raleigh, I mean university here in Raleigh, it just it was a whole other community, and um, it was very. I had a lot of apprehension with it. Um, my first day on school, my first day on campus, I met, um, well, I had a cousin there, Rodney School. That's your, that's your frat brother. Rodney, my frat Rodney brother. embraced me. Um, and him and Chris, Chris um, Blanton, um, they, um, they really took me on their wing. Um, day one, um, the next person I met was, um, was Phil Freeman. And we're the best of friends. Um, graduated together. Um, and um, and another gentleman named is Chris Red, and and Chris like like he helped me all the way through my entire college time as far as like socially, um, because my freshman year is just like I wouldn't do anything um, as far as right. what the activities that they had on campus, um, but those guys made sure that you know that that I was known. Um, that I was known as their their little brother. They took me under their wing. 
Um, that right. second semester, you know, um, my my high school friends that didn't get into um, into school, um, you know, they would need something to do. So at the time, you know, we had a we had a lawn company, and we actually was doing the lawn at Charlotte University as well. And we knew the key people for enrollment over at the university. And um, I was so lonely out there with just people from Shaw University. And my father got five of my friends enrolled in school. Um, um, right. So my second semester ended up being uh, a mini high school, a mini reunion for me because all of my close, close friends became bears as well. Right. Um, so, so that got me more involved into the Shaw University community life because my friends just wouldn't sit around. So, whatever they did, I did, and um, that's how we became um, really encrusted into the Shaw University family. I mean, Shaw had, had embraced me with open arms. It just I hadn't embraced right. the university um, with open arms just because of. Um, my apprehension of the way I look. Right. And, you know, it's funny, Terrell, I kind of went backwards because, you know, I didn't have vitiligo in college. And, you know, mm-hmm. being in the frat and just being on the yard and seeing everybody interacting, you know, it never thought about it, never bothered me. But then, you know, when I 25, started changing. And the more my vitiligo changed, the more I decided I didn't want to be on the yard because I didn't want to be seen because I felt like, well, they remember me one way, but I don't want them to see me this way. And and that's that right. talent. And uh, you mentioned Rodney. I had posted something on Facebook, and he was one of my friends that really responded, and a few others that, you know, it didn't matter, you know. And to me, I had to get to that point where it mattered, you know, where – I accepted myself, but it made me think about it. I'm like, man, that's right. You were right, your cousin, you know. Mm-hmm. He isn't advocate. And, and for me, it was kind of a wake-up call, and I'm, I'm harming myself more than anything. And and I remember you from college, too, you know. Um, we would speak, but we we knew the same people, but we didn't hang, you know, but we knew each other. Um, right. So, and after graduation, can you share with our listeners how you truly got involved with advocacy and, and you know, supporting vitiligo? Because you do a lot of work, and I don't think people understand how much work you do in the community. Well, you know, I just, you know, it, over the years, it had been weighing on me. Um, people just don't know how hard it is to just uh, – public and have to deal with the stares, the comments, have you been burned? Are you Michael Jackson? Um, are you wearing makeup? Can I touch your skin? People just don't understand that um that uh what 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 comes with that. You know, it's kinda like how some celebrities go out in public and they sit here and say, Well, they don't like going out in public because People are always asking for autographs. I know it's a crazy, it's a crazy um, example, but it's vitiligo the same way. It's no days off. Right. Every day that you go out in public, people are always staring. They're always asking questions, and just a simple meal, um, of, and just being in peace, you just don't have that that luxury of just in, in enjoying your meal without someone just approaching. And and to go back to to you. 
when your vitiligo started it, your vitiligo started, I saw it on your hands, but I never approached you on it because I knew how I was um, when people would walk up or if I saw someone with vitiligo, it was difficult for me to go up and say something to them just because someone is always pointing vitiligo out to them. You get what I'm right, saying? Right. So I felt like right. if you if you was if if you were comfortable, you would come and speak to me and and would want to talk. But I didn't want to put that added stress or push push uh, and you, and you know, vitiligo. I, I wasn't ready. I wasn't it, it takes it takes a lot for people to embrace vitiligo. Hell, it took me thirty years um, for me to really get comfortable, fully comfortable with um, um, my vitiligo, and I think it's it's been my kids that has um, has pushed me to my comfort zone uh, because my fight has been for for them. Um, um, because vitiligo can, they said it could be hereditary. Um, um, it hasn't been traced in my in my family, but I knew things that I went through. I didn't want the same ridicule uh, for them or their kids that that I once had or have. Mm. And it is, you know, vitiligo is not a one size fit all, you know, uh, condition for people. It, it runs in my family. You know, I'm learning more uh, about the family dynamics of it. Um, but you also have a strong support system. And if you don't mind talking a little bit about it, and if we're going to get to some other things, your wife, she's a big mm-hmm. supporter of you. you know, um, can you share with our listeners? Because I think it's important for people to understand those relationships you have, the people that really love you and care for you are very important. So if you don't mind sharing a little bit, I'll listen. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, um, my wife, when I met her, she was um, – I knew her in, in high school. Um, I knew of her, um, but I didn't meet my wife to after high school. Uh, I met her – actually, she was at a hospital one day with her, her father, and um, and my my best friend's mother had just been rushed to the hospital um, and was in a – in the emergency room together, and um, and uh, she came by. I spoke, and then we ended up talking in the lobby. And um, I didn't get her number, but I ended up knowing one of her cousins, and I reached out to her. And uh, the most genuine thing about her is that that she, um, you know, she was just a one from day one. It's like she didn't look at me as Vitiligo. I mean, she just looked at she just looked at looked at me as Terrell, and she's always been that support. Uh, you know, when I go out in public, you know, um, you know, you can see sometimes that um, it could it could bother her, but um, right, she she was kind of you know she was she was stand stand tall, and, and if 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 I I would protect her and my kids, um, right? When we when we go out in public, as far as um, like I would kind of, and they might not pick up on it. I would I would walk behind them, or or 
really wouldn't walk with them just because I didn't want them to be affected by what people say because, you know, it, by the time I got married, you know, I, I had blocked out what people said about me, you know. Um, right. You know, that didn't that didn't matter because it, it was no more insults that I could get. Um, right. But my wife definitely, you know, she kept me empowered. Um, and, you know, uh, when I got married, you know, first thing that someone said to her, a guy named Mike Dot, he was like, um, you know, the key to marriage is um, don't don't change them. And and I think right. since day one is that she has allowed me to be me. She has supported me in every endeavor that I have, and uh, she's my biggest fan. So that means that your vitiligo didn't stop you from being smooth in the hospital, huh? Excuse me? I said, so your vitiligo didn't stop you from being smooth in the hospital, right? <laughs> nah, nah, not at all. You miss your wife? Uh, not at all. And, you know, you know, you know the, with, the, with the vitiligo is that, you know, a lot of people, uh, um, like some people can see through it, you know, um, and I try to keep a, a positive attitude. You know, people look at your smile and your personality can shine. And um, usually, like, when I was dating, um, people that I met usually has been someone that knew someone that kind of introduced me or or has been one-on-one. Usually in a group of folks, a lot of people are influenced by their surroundings. So their surroundings may have a problem with the way you look, and 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 that may deter them from coming to speak to you because of their influence, their influence from their friends. But one on one, I mean, once you get to know me, I mean, you know, I give you the shirt off my back, you know, um, and right. and that's how I've always been, um, even in this business, you know. Um, so many people ask you, how do you do? How do you be so strong? How can you do for so many people? And it's just like, well, you know, that's God's plan for me. You know, I take right. I take right. the good with the bad. You know, um, so um, you know, I'm battle tested. Like you can't you can't insult me. Uh, I've been called everything. You know, you can't you you can't hurt me. You know what I'm saying? I can only hurt myself. You don't want to hurt me. I don't let that get to me. Right, and that's the real thing. If it's God's plan for you, it's going to be. I don't care what you do, what people say, it's for you, it's for you, you know? Now, I wrote something that made me think about it. Um, sometimes we struggle in our own confidence, you know, and feel like once we can overcome those issues, we're good, and it's hard for people to tell us what we can and cannot do or, you know, like you said, I've heard it all. Say it, you know, you're not going to hurt me anymore. You know, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Now we got about ten minutes left. I want you to talk a little bit about this project that you have um, here in North Carolina. We started off with the photo shoot and uh, the video that we put out. Mm-hmm. Can you tell mm-hmm. our listeners about that project um, and the goal and and where do you see it going from there? Well, yeah. So you know um, when we when we got out and we when we set forth. Um, I signed on with Vic Friends two years ago, um, and Vic Friends at the time we were uh, trying to house bill introduce House Bill seven five seven. It was to to make a national vitiligo day of awareness, um, which with that with that 
awareness brings funding for a cure um, um, and various things for people that has vitiligo. Um, you know, it affects people emotionally, socially, um, in every aspect, you know, uh, mentally. And, and a lot of people just see vitiligo on the outside, but no one knows each individual's story. So when I when we went to Capitol Capitol Hill and um, we were just walking around to different you know Congress Congress people con- congressmen's um, offices, it was just it was a great experience, but it was just hard because people opened doors, but they also closed those doors, and that was just the hardest thing is just leaving without an answer, without knowing like. What what's now? Um, then you talk to different folks, and they ask, "Well, um, what have you done?" Um, and uh, and and all I can say is live. But my right. life isn't 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 as important to them as as it is me. And I've know what lawmakers is. In order for them to move, it usually has to hit home um, before that before that. They'll make a change, um, and um, so I was just tour, just talking around, just taking folks and people telling their story, like with Capitol Hill. It's just like with this, so many people are connected with people that have been alive. I figure with this art exhibit, it will one bring people two together and bring awareness to what vitiligo is, and that's, right. let's just say if if some of my classmates have seen my picture or my photo and they were afraid to walk up to ask me what vitiligo was or how, how has it affected me. Well, they can come to the exhibit and they can see a portrait, they can see photos, right. and they can read the stories stories associated. You know, um, uh, people want to learn but just don't know how. Uh, so I'm just putting everything in front of people Um so that they could bring awareness, so they could be a part of the movement, so that they can make things easier for us who has vitiligo, uh, um, because you know it, it hasn't been easy to go out of public. Within the last right four, four, four or five years, you know, I mean, within the last three years, um, vitiligo is everywhere on, on social media. I mean, everybody knows what it is, um, um, and. I'm seeing a lot of people in power, but um, Vitiligo still hadn't gone away, and you know we still want the resolution. We still want we still want a cure, um, and um, but while this is going on, we still want to live happily, uh, and and that, that's been my push, is to be be in that space and be a part of that happiness. Uh, and big friends, you know they. They lit fire up onto me as far as just showing me another side, like you know, um, how much, right. how much voice, how much voice I really have, um, in telling my story. Uh, you know, I get calls every week from someone just saying, you know what, you know, I didn't, I tried to commit suicide. I didn't even want to leave my house or, or this and that. And then they call back and they say, hey, you know what, I went to work. I didn't take, I didn't have my makeup on. And, and I took my makeup because of you, and um, and and I can say somewhat the same story because of the young lady in Atlanta, who I was following on Instagram, who wear her makeup some days and some days she don't, 
So then I called her up and like, hey, how does it make you feel? And she was like, um, she was like, well, you know, it's it's up to you. So when I finally got the guts to, you know, take my makeup off, and I, I did, and um, and I think I kept my makeup on for too long because once I took my makeup off, a lot of weight off my shoulders. Um, I did right. a photo shoot, and I was I was gonna take a picture of 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 me with makeup and me without makeup. So the flock would come over here and I take the pictures without the makeup and then I go downstairs and put the makeup back on, put the makeup on and I took it out of my drawer and I couldn't I couldn't have the I didn't have the power to even put it on to do the photo shoot. Right. Uh, and, and you know, and that's powerful because people in our community need to know, you know, everybody's at a different level. But we do have those stories where people have conquered their struggles with vitiligo, and really that's what it's about. You know, you have to conquer it in your way, in your time, in the way you need to do it. And I think what I'm seeing now, which I didn't see before because my eyes weren't open, is a big movement for for us to put vitiligo out there. You know, when we did those photo shoots, you know, we put it out there that we are normal people. We're beautiful people. Skin just looks different, you know, and we're very talented. And one push that we need to do is continue to to express our talents and put our talents up there and show the world, you know, yes, we are models, we're writers, we're actors, we're, you know, artists, we're activists. You know, we're all these things just like everybody else, you know. And, um, well, and you know, I think we, we, this year, mm-hmm. We we have, I mean some some people see it as, as 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 a curse, but it's been a blessing. I mean, because people right. people all the time um looks for attention and they do anything for attention. Well people that been alive don't have to do that work. So we, we have an edge over everyone that that when we walk in the room that we, we, we own the room. I mean we have we have the attention. Exactly. So now that we have attention, what do we plan on doing with it? And that's just been my drive. Is, exactly. Is that every room I walk into, I own it. You know, I'm, and people may say I'm arrogant. They may say, you know, um, call me a lot of things, but, but I'm battle-tested. You know, you don't see the wounds because of my smile. You know what I'm saying? So so they can call me arrogant. They can call me conceited. And I welcome all those names because they don't understand what it took to be at this level where I, where I am now as far as my, you know, my confidence. Right, right, exactly. And, and you know, and what I'm going to do is continue to use this platform to bring people on board to share their stories. And, um, and to be honest, I'm full up until the end of September. I have episodes lined up with various people. One of my goals, and I'm looking at my time, it's going to run out shortly, but one of my goals is to th- start bringing some allies on board too, you know, people that support us within the community and to have some ideas or some thoughts going, and um, we're going to make this bigger than what it is, you know. And um, yeah. so when we go out, people are going to know, you know what, that's not just Terrell, but that's the community. That's it, friends. You know, they're going to know everything about us, you know. Mm-hmm. Terrell, we got about a minute left, for the minute 30 before they cut us off. Look, I appreciate you coming on board, man, and telling your story. Um, I appreciate it. You continue to work hard in the community and reaching out to people, and um, and I'll do the same on my end. And um, 
And to the people out there listening, continue to reach out as well and support each other. And the most important thing is to love each other and love yourself. And Terrell, I thank I you, my brother. And oh, no problem. You're welcome. You're welcome. And for our All listeners, right. make sure you visit bitfriends.org. That's www.bitfriends.org. To get more information about Vitiligo, learn how you can get involved and to help us in our movement, our cause, and to support each other. And come back next Sunday for another episode of Living Life and Love. And I'm your host, Mark Braxton. Thank you all. Have a wonderful day. Take care and be safe.